Hello, hello. This is Let's Talk Ed uh, with Kirby and Chris and myself, Zahi Atala. We come to you in this third segment uh, on the topic of strategies and why they're crucial and critical to the continuing success of higher ed. Uh, in this third uh, segment, we're calling it the rant this week, folks, if, if you didn't notice it. Uh, we're asking ourselves the question, how do politics, ideology, and money intersect to help or steer uh, the changes and the planning and the envisioning of higher education. Folks, who's going to so start Zahi, this year? I think you kind of you know, alluded to this right at the end of our last show where you, know, you put money behind the things that you believe in. And uh, you know, in, in politics, when you, you look at education and politics and this really, I think, can be for about every level of, of education, whether it's higher ed or whether it's K-12. Uh, very often you see unfunded mandates come down from uh, somewhere where, you know, suddenly now we're asked to add this thing to our portfolio because now it is state law and you have to do it. And by the way, here's zero dollars to help you do that thing. Uh, so, you know, as far as I know, there are, are no colleges out there that, that have an orchard of money trees that they're going and, and now harvesting to, to do this. So that money has to come from somewhere else. Uh, so, you know, what now goes away because we have to fund this unfunded mandate or sometimes, you know, we do get money, but there are a lot of strings attached to that money. And, you know, we have to do things this absolute precise way in order for us to, you know, get and receive and use that money. And is that aligned with how we feel is the best way to do the business of education? And do we do we really value education i mean we can we can put money behind it but as a culture do americans really value education because so many of us were were forced to go through public education and depending on your experiences in public education as a student well do i do i really think that this deserves my money or my time or my effort i don't know and then you have people going for three or four years to get a bachelor's degree in education or elementary education, and now they're back in the classroom. But do we really value what those teachers are doing? Because we hear so many times that, that teachers are glorified babysitters, right? So you can, you can put anybody in a class. Anybody can be a teacher because... You just have to be smarter than the people that you're teaching. You just have to be more well-read than the people that you're teaching. And these are people who, by and large, should, should never be in a classroom saying, well, I mean, I could probably do that. Could you really? So as a culture, I, I can't really see that we value education all that highly. Well, well that, that would be an excellent point. Yeah, I, I want to address your, your first point because the numbers are, are bearing out that, 
you know, like the value of higher education is not seen as much. And we're, we're seeing more and more people choosing not to go to college. And, uh, you know, there are a variety of reasons for that. You have some that are, are going directly from from high school to the workforce, because after COVID, we saw people uh, paying a lot more for jobs and they're going and they're they're hopping into that factory or hopping into that coal mine or, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, so they're not going to college. And then you also have a lot of people that, uh, you know, they come from the generation where their parents are probably still paying off their student loans. And they're looking at that and saying, I don't want to do this. So, uh, you know, there, there is a loss in that value of, of education. There sure is. And, and no disagreement. You know, we, we do spend more than any nation uh, on the pupils in K-12 and students in, in higher education. But... You know, at the same time, while we are saying that we denigrate people for being ed educated, we tell them that it's an absolute waste of uh, their time and energy, and we glorify uh, the naysaying of the concept of education, right? And and yes, we do say very commonly the, the folks who can't do something teach, which is I, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be rude and crude here, but you can imagine some flowery verbiage that that anybody would be using here. So, so we're forgetting that it's not just about spewing words. It's it, we're not the the old equivalent of uh, YouTube. You that there is a science, and more so, there's an art to teaching. And, and uh, you know, it's not regurgitating stuff. It's working with individuals, whether you have five in your classroom or 55 or 155, you're working with the uh, individual. And if, and if some of us do a horrendous job or drag their feet, then the whole industry shouldn't be chastised for those individuals under the guise of academic freedom or under the guise of tenure, which... Um, it seems like I'm the only one who's really on a rant. Let the uh, elderly gray-haired guy uh, do it. But if administrators are not going to do their job of evaluating and providing opportunities for development and corrective measures when there's a need, then it cannot be the entire industry that is crucified for our uh, deeds. What do you think, folks? Do you agree, disagree? I, I completely agree. I, as soon as I started teaching, um, I started getting in, in groups with a lot of other teachers and every one of them had the same thing to say when it, when it came to other people talking about education, Oh, it must be nice to have summers off. I think that they don't understand what that means. Yes, I do have summers off technically where I don't have to sign a contract for summer. I don't have to be on campus during summer. But at the same time, you also realize I'm not being paid 
over summer. And after, I, I know we've thrown around the, the phrase hair on fire of a few of our segments this, this round. And if my hair is on fire all throughout the school year for nine months, I get to those two months and I just collapse and, and hair on fire is an apt phrase to use because that's how I feel all the time. And that's why I'm bald because my hair is on fire all the time. So that's number one. Number two is, is that comment that you made about tenure. People don't understand what tenure means. And as soon as I are in tenure, that's when people started saying, oh, must be nice to have tenure. Now they can never fire you and you only have to work half as hard. No, I actually work harder now than before when I didn't have tenure because there are rights and responsibilities that you have as a tenured faculty member. And Zahi, I think you're absolutely right. It's up to administrators to hold everyone to a high standard. And if they're not meeting that standard, that looks terrible for the rest of us who are trying to meet that standard. Well, and Zahi, we've talked about it before. Um, you know, very often when when we bring in instructors, whether it's somebody full-time, an adjunct, or whatever, uh, they're getting the, the HR spiel. Uh, and then they're maybe getting a little bit of, you know, here's our LMS and here's how to use it. And you're in room 109 and go. And not really talking to you about, you know, here are our expectations of you in the classroom and here are resources for you to be a better teacher. Because as you know, we've talked about before, earning that master's or that PhD or working in the industry for, for many years does not automatically make you a good teacher. So, you know, what are the things that we are doing to make sure that our people are excelling in the classroom and, you know, we're, we're guiding them to success and therefore guiding our students to success. Let's wrap it up for this week. Uh, one old man and two uh, younger uh, lads who, who uh, we talked this week about uh, the vision, the need to have a vision, the need to have strategies, the need to pull together, work on the morale of, of the, the folks who work at institutions so we can have a successful uh, uh, higher education for the future but also how we can utilize our resources effectively. So we are actually prioritizing what should be prioritized and getting rid of the legacy things that should have been gotten rid of decades ago sometimes, lightening the amount of things that individuals have to do because goodness forbid that we realize that our partners in success are those staff and faculty. They're not just the dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere. Uh, and uh, also that uh, we, need, we need to have a change in the conversation because we need to affect the ideologies, the politics, and the funding formulas, state after state, locality after locality, and even at the federal government level. 
Folks, we thank you for joining us. Thank you for willing to listen to our rant. Well, my rant. The guys were just uh, super kind to listen to me as well. Let's Talk Ed comes to you three times a week, every week. Uh, find us wherever you find your podcast. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. But most importantly, let us know what your thoughts are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Chris and Kirby can't thank you enough. And we'll see you next week, folks.